spoke of it. He lurked in the shadows, waiting and hoping she wouldn't take a different room. This was her usual room. He knew that. He knew her. Ghost of Me, the new book by Amanda Steele, can be found at Amazon, Kobo, Waterstones and many, many other places. Hi guys, it's Andy N. Thanks today for downloading or streaming yet another episode of Spoken Label. As you may or may not be aware, Spoken Label was started in the beginning of 2006 and currently we have well over 150 sessions recorded since then. Although you can find on various networks, the full archive is available for streaming and downloading at Spoken Label full stop bandcamp.com it is a free download or free streaming there but obviously if you feel like chucking me a few pennies that way it'd be eternally grateful to help me keep this podcast going and keep improving my equipment etc enjoy speak to you soon bye bye spoke on hi guys and the end spoken label back in the house again i'm on zoom tonight now this is somewhat different for me tonight because I am used to doing joint interviews with people. I've not done a joint interview on Zoom yet. And I've got two people with me today. So one of which, Jude, who Jude Montague, I first met Jude directly 10 years ago. And she's a friend of hers today with Stephen Ball and they've just done a project together. So do you want to introduce yourself to everybody? First of all, Jude, you go first. Tell everybody, look a bit about yourself. And then Stephen, can you do that as well? And we'll take it from there. Sure. Yeah, yeah. Hello. So yes, I'm Jude, and I met Andy ten years ago in Ireland because we're both poets, and we went to be poets in Ireland <laughs> on the Sheep's Head Peninsula, and very nice it was too. Lovely weather, and yeah. So I'm a poet, and part of this project actually uses some of my poetry. Um, I'm I'm from Crumpusall <laughs> originally. Then I went to Bolton, and I've been living in London for 20 years. Some are oh, much longer now, 30. Who knows how long? Forever. And um, I, when I first came to London, I squatted, and some of my poetry is a sort of magical realism set in that very real time of squatting, which was quite surreal as well. And I do other things. I'm a musician. I'm an improviser. I do a radio show regularly on Resonance FM. And weirdly, in collaborating with Stephen, I'm also a film historian. He is more acclaimed than I, but yet I have a small... Um, <laughs> yeah, career in that, having been a media archivist for Reuters television for over 10 years, and I wrote some poetry about that too. Um, Jon Snow gave me a glowing, a glowing credit for my work, and yeah, so yeah, I'm a media archivist, and my specialist media history is in the early cinema. And I've just done for the BBC Ideas coming out next week a little animation on history to music hall, history of music hall, 
Oh, I'll be asking you about that off mic then, because I want to see the link to that. <laughs> Definitely with that one, so excellent. And Stephen, tell people a little bit about yourself then. Yes, I mean, I think, uh, I mean, Jude's very gen generously said I'm a film historian. I'm not really. That's, <laughs> that's, that's way too, that's, that's, that's kind of right, you know, that's way above my, what's the phrase I use? Way above my pay grade or whatever. Um, but I do work as an academic um, at Central St. Martins, which is, uh, you know, the art school. Um, and I've been working there since, gosh, it's kind of, about 17 years now it doesn't seem like it but about 17 years now and the reason that Jude suggested that I might be a film historian is, is was because is because I work uh, well when I first work, started working there it's not so much these days I was working as part of a, um, a collection of material around uh, British artists film video um, which was set which was set up by a guy called David Curtis, who's since retired, but, I, but I'm still there. Um, but the re I'm not so much a historian really, or, or even kind of an archivist, although all those kind of elements sort of come, you know, I touch on those, those aspects of, of, of kind of uh, film academic work, I suppose. Um, but it really comes from the fact that I'm an artist myself. So I, I'm an artist who's worked in film and video for many years. Um, and so, yeah, so that was really where kind of my interest in, in getting involved in that sort of work came from. Um, and that sort of sustained me for the last, as I say, 17 years, which is wow. crazy now wow. I think about it. Um, I didn't think I'd be there for more than a few years. Um, before I did that, I was living, I lived in Australia for quite a long time. I lived in Australia for 12 years. Um, I'm, I'm from London originally, but I went to Australia at the end of the 80s and didn't come back until the year 2000. So a lot of the work that I do does have some kind of relationship to Australia in one way or another. I mean, out the, you know, I've done a lot of work where I've collaborated with, since I've been back in the UK, I've collaborated with Australian artists and put on exhibitions and curated shows and worked in collaboration with them. And, and so on. So that so that sort of still remains a strong connection. And I'm married to uh, to an Australian as well. So we you know, we quite regularly go back. So I keep that sort of connection quite strong. Um, my involvement in doing anything kind of music related probably stems back to when I was very young, um, when I was involved in well, not really a group. It's a duo. There's two of us called Stormbucks and we were kind of part of the late 70s early 80s sort of cassette DIY scene oh, um, and um, and we put out a whole well quite a lot of, uh, of material on cassette tape but also a, a few records um, but really stopped doing that kind of with any intention in in the early 80s um, but then started again about 15, 16 years or so ago. Um, so Philip Sanderson, he's the other member of Stormbugs, and I have um, occasionally, intermittently, it's not, it's not a kind of continuous thing, it's when, it's when we get around to it, when the, when the urge takes us, we, uh, we, we do a bit of work. So we've, we've released a few uh, CDs of Stormbugs and have done the occasional performance as well. Um, but as well as that, I've... Uh, more recently, so within the last five or six years, I've started working much more on my own kind of solo work as well. 
Um, and I guess that's probably how Jude and I first came across each other was because uh, some of my earliest, well, in fact, still some of my CDs were published by Linear Obsessional, which is a, a little independent micro label run by, by Richard Sanderson, who does some amazing work with, with Linear Obsessional. Um, Richard kind of knows everyone, doesn't he? He's, he's, you know, and, and, and as a result, he, he manages to put together a really kind of interesting um, roster, I suppose you could call it, a roster yeah, of artists. Yeah, he's got a great roster on Certainly, I'm, I'm very yeah, familiar yeah. with his work. Most because, obviously, I've, what I've seen, I can't do for the Jude, and I've been there, I've been listening to it, certainly, and I do like, do like his roster. And I think there's a lot of good yeah, yeah. great stuff on there. Yeah, he's he's very generous. He has a very kind of ge generosity of spirit. Although his kind of his main sort of area is is um, improvisational um, material, he's also you know he's quite generous in recognizing that other people do other things that are just as interesting as as improvisation. So so the work that I I did the music that I did was has mainly been kind of based around songs. I kind of because because I kind of write as well. I got into this. Um, into this kind of practice of, of, of writing songs and thinking about, particularly in terms of what a song lyric could be based on. So, um, so I would use all sorts of sort of sound material, um, found material often as, as the basis for, for song lyrics and, and so on. So, so I'm a kind of, I suppose you could say that I've become a sort of experimental songwriter, whatever that means. <laughs> Brilliant. Brilliant. <laughs> Whatever that means. Make of that what you will. <laughs> <laughs> now, you've both told me off mic already where the origin for your name came from, the Crucial Riddle. And yes. Do you want to book, either of you tell people where the idea of your name came from? And then, obviously, um, Linear Obsession, obviously, how to get you both together to the project, where the project actually came from, the idea for it. So I'll go because Stephen's just had the previous go. <laughs> so in the fairness, it is my go. So Crumpsall Riddle, it's an odd name, isn't it? I say so. And I think most people think, what is that? Um, I can't that idea. Like I do, because I was born here. You know that Crumpsall is a place in Manchester. It's the place I was born. It is the place where my granddad lived. My granddad was a huge influence on me. He was a cellist in the Halle Orchestra for 44 years. I used to spend every Saturday at his house. He was one of the first musicians that played with the BBC, even before it was the BBC, when it was still 2ZY, which nobody knows what that means now, but that is the BBC in Manchester before it was the BBC. And he was one of the main musicians right from the start, fresh from the music college. And yeah, so Crumpsall, I loved going to his house. I, I lived there in the house next door to my granddad, first bit of my life. And then when I was older, I kept going back to have piano lessons with Miss Musgrave. And on Saturdays, I would go to my granddad, Sidney Wright's, house and we would spend the day together and I just loved it and I loved being there I loved spending time with him and I loved poking about in all his antique things because he was terribly stylish all these things from the 1920s so when I said to Stephen let's both independently choose a word each just one word 
and we won't tell each other what we've chosen and then we'll just write it down. And I think Stephen wrote down on Facebook chat, he probably said, you go first. So I did. And my word was crumpsel. And then he chose the word riddle. And Stephen, tell everybody about where riddle came from. I like the story well, before and that. Yes, well, Ed, as we were um, as as we were messaging, I had the television on in sort of in the background. I was kind of half watching it, and there's there's this uh, this freeview station called Forces TV. I, I mean, I presume from the name, it's 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 kind of target audience is kind of, I don't know ex servicemen or servicemen or something, whatever. I mean, I'm not an ex serviceman, so I wouldn't know. Um, but it has a tendency to show a lot of old sitcoms from the sort of 1970s. And I happened to catch an episode of Robin's Nest. And what kind of intrigued me, there's in, in Robin's Nest, there's this, there's this old Irish guy who is the washer up in, in the restaurant. Robin's Nest is a restaurant. Um, and the Irish guy has one arm. So there's already kind of presumably an, you know, sort of an, an irony in, in the fact that a washer upper has one arm. And he's a bit of a character. He's, he very much plays the Irish part. But his name turned out to be Riddle, which, which I hadn't realised. I hadn't realised that the... And, and, I, and this, this had, I just kind of acknowledged that at the point when, when Jude and I were messaging each other. So I just kind of said Riddle. So that's it. So that part of the name is named after a, a one-armed Irish washer-upper in Robin's Nest. <laughs> but I have to say, I think it really suits Stephen, because riddle, it's like the riddler. He's a man who likes a... <laughs> a I'm an, I'm an enigma. <laughs> wow, maybe a little bit of that Anglo-Saxon riddlingness about him, where we're kind of question in, in a poem, and or, or you, you talk about something by its attributes rather than what the thing is. Do I do that? Do I? Oh God! <laughs> you, I think you. I think you might be right. I probably do. Yes. There's a, but I also. Right about it. I haven't analysed it yet, but I'm feeling it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it, it also appealed to me because I'm I'm partly Irish as well as Irish of my family, so I kind of like the sort of. Uh, you know, the kind of enigmatic kind of lyrical notion of riddles and you know, Irish things, Irish, limericks. I mean, I don't know if limericks are actually Irish, but it's <laughs> certainly <Edward> Irish. <laughs> Who knows? Who knows? I don't know. <laughs> anyway. There right, was okay. a young fellow, there was a young fellow called Riddle. <laughs> oh, don't stop, don't stop me, <laughs> limericks. The only ones I know are pornographics. We'll get, we'll get this broken taken down. Now, I'll ask whoever did this next, can answer the next one then. Who came up with a title for the album, Looking After the Duck? It's no, well, it's named after the song. Yeah, I say the, the song on there called that. Um, so it's, it's the, the, the lyrics to the song are Jude. So I suppose by default she did, didn't you? I suppose they are my lyrics. I can say, <laughs> like George Washington, I cannot tell a lie. Although it, <laughs> it, might, it might have been my idea to actually call it Looking After the Duck. Very, yeah, I mean, the whole album, the whole album. Very mysterious. Stuck, you know, it's, you, you, it's, something happens and then it sticks, doesn't it? Something, yeah. and, and if it isn't right, it won't stick. But most yeah. things, yeah. 
Well, like it's it. like the name. I mean, it's it's a peculiar name, but a lot of kind of bands and groups have have names. And actually, I mean, nobody has actually asked me the question yet of why are we called Crumps or Riddle? That people often just, uh, you know, they're very generous. They 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 take things and they accept them. Oh, yeah, yeah, until you get that, people like me, then I'm curious. <laughs> my, my other half came in and said, why are you called Crumps or Riddle? This pretentious and I did point out to him that he was in a band called the Kenny Process Team, and that he'd been in this band. Yeah. I think I'm entitled to have an arty name. And I, I think bad names are, you know, they can be kind of nonsensical, but you get used to them, and you, you know, you know, you know what they are. I mean, I first time, first time I heard the, oh, I mean, most most band names. I remember the first time I heard the name Oasis. I thought, what a ridiculous name for a group. I mean, I still think that, but <laughs> but I'm used to it. Join the club. <laughs> now I get you. Now, obviously, with the album in question, then it was. I've read this right. It was done in three sessions, wasn't it? I think it was last year, actually. We think so. Correct. Yes. If if our memory is correct, it was. Yes. I, yeah. <laughs> so okay, when you had met up to do do your sessions on the album, then how much was prepared then in advance? Did you both know what you're going to do, or was it kind of you kind of catch organisation we didn't really have much of a clue what we were going to do. Um, all we did, oh, look at that. Yeah. Oh. People won't see this because audio. Well, people who can't see it, yes. Yeah. <laughs> Light went on in Stevens. The people who can't Light see shined it. on the Stevens and it went dark in June. <laughs> Very strange. Um, you can edit this, can't you? Um, <laughs> <laughs> nah. <laughs> Where were we? Oh, we were talking about when when we first started. I mean, what we we, we talked about doing something for some time. We'd had this kind of ongoing conversation. Oh, yeah. In fact, it was I think it was Jude's idea initially. She wanted to 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 sort of collaborate on something, and I thought, well, that you know, that could be quite interesting. Um, but it seemed for some reason I can't remember why it seemed to take us a while to get around to to actually getting together. And then there was, then there were a few sort of conversations beforehand. So, okay, so what are we going to do when we get together? So we had this idea that we would um, maybe start with some texts. Um, so the first session I went along with um, this book of prose poems by Turgenev, which I just kind of put, pulled almost at random off of, of, of my bookshelf. And um, uh, it was a book that used to belong to my my uncle, my late uncle. And so, and when I pulled it off my bookshelf, I just kind of flipped through it, and uh, a, a piece of paper with a note written on it in my uncle's handwriting. His handwriting was terrible, so I can't read actually what it says. But came out of one of the pages, and the page that it came out of was the poem "The Old Man." Ah. So that so the whole thing was kind of arbitrary. It was just you know randomly kind of determined that I thought, okay, let's have a go at this. And I read the poem and I thought this this would be an interesting poem to try and turn into a song. Um, so that was actually the first thing we did, isn't it? And it was. So, and that, so that, yeah. that kind of that kind of set the process really. That that what we did for everything else was to find some piece of writing that already existed, whether it was something of Jude's or something of mine or something from elsewhere. Um, and then we would improvise that into a song. Um, so that, that was really the first session. So I think we both kind of 
at first, I mean, I certainly really didn't know what to expect. All I knew was that I had this piece of text and that we were going to do something with that. Uh, over to you, Jude. You can continue. Yes, and then, um, well, I was, I enjoyed that one. I was playing that day, that was the first session. I was playing my captain's pump organ, which oh. a little a portable reed organ, um, which, yeah, you pump and, and I really like it. It's a actually really nice sounding one. A couple yeah. of the reeds have uh, got a little stiff, actually, I've got. But fortunately, Matt Armstrong, where the half, is quite good at servicing um, instruments, very technical. So he'll get it back in tip-top condition. But it was working brilliantly that day. And it, it was a really nice instrument to play because it's quite easy to give a nice cushion to a mm. uh, vocal. And also it has this... Um, it has this folk element, this folk element. So it's quite easy to do something quite earthy that connects to the past with it. And um, it's quite a good one to improvise with, I think, because mm. the sustain works. It, we, we hit on something that worked very well for that song in terms of mood. And, and I have to say, you have to listen out at the beginning, again for Matt, I'm, I'm keep going on about him. Um, <laughs> He, there's a bit of guitar, a little dirty guitar that he just puts at the beginning that just opens <laughs> it up very nicely. Um, and then after that, after doing The Old Man, I thought, well, oh, Stephen's got some text from his family. I'd better go and get some. There's this postcard in my granddad's collection, Sidney Wright again, the man from Crumpsall. He has a selection of postcards, most of which are quite boring because he was a really nice guy. So they're all written about his wife, to his wife, about being on tour with the Halle Orchestra. Oh, the weather wasn't very nice. I walked down to the sea. We had a good concert this evening. Love you very much. Wish I was at home with you. This is the kind of mostly the postcards. But there was one postcard that was written by someone else to his wife, Marjorie, my grandma. And it had this rather, this lyric that I've, well, this, now it's a lyric, it had this text. Dear, yeah, dear Marjorie, do not open that thing that Gladys sent. Tell Dick I have told you not to. I am writing to him to dare, telling him not to have anything to do with it. I don't think Gladys had any right to ask Dick to do it. <laughs> she, had no, she had no right. I was, I was, I was wondering whether the idea of that piece came from. Now and it's, it had to ask the question that kind of, that's why I'm interested. So yeah, yeah, definitely. So and obviously these were on your first session. So how did it compare then, Stephen? I'll ask you this next thing. When you did your second session, then did it start flowing a bit easier to compare it before? Um, I don't, I, I don't think it was particularly difficult. Um, from the start. I mean, I. I think we sort of kind of we sort of got into a into a process of working fairly quickly with that first one it sort of you know it it, it was it, it suggested itself this idea of having having some kind of text and then and then improvising around that until until it became a song and it didn't seem to take us very i mean the whole process is a bit mysterious to me i i just started singing and Jude just started playing and Something happened. I mean, it was it was really as straightforward as that. I, I think. Is the word I, I use. <laughs> sorry, magic is the word I would Ma use. Then. Magic. Yes, there's another word. Um, <laughs> I like that. <laughs> Copy Judah. <laughs> 
but yeah, it, it, I mean, I, I think we kind of understood what each other were doing somehow. There was a sort of way that we we kind of locked into, I don't know, is what sort of musical terms could you use? We locked into a groove or something. But it was, you know, it was a kind of sense that, so I would just start singing something, Jude would start playing something or vice versa. And, and it, it would become a song very quickly because the words were already there. I think if we, if, we'd, if we decided that we were going to actually write a song from scratch, you know, with a bit of text, that would have been, a, you know, making the text from scratch, that would have been an entirely different process. Oh, we can do that next time. Yeah, that's, that's for the Album next number two. <laughs> the difficult, number three, the after the Panto album. album. Oh yeah. yeah, after the panto, yes. Yeah, we'll come on to that in a minute. Right? If everyone's um, what they're doing next, yeah, we've just so, the next album for them. <laughs> <laughs> so I think we fairly quickly got this kind of process happening. Um, so things just kind of fell into place as we as, as we did that, really. Um, yeah, I mean that's uh, what do you what do you think, Jude? Do you think things? I mean, they obviously fell into place. Otherwise, we wouldn't have this record. Yeah, it wasn't or, difficult. Or be speaking to each other, yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, we would probably. It was fun. We, we it just was, it was fun. fun. We had some fun. And um, we have, we both are interested in language and words and text yeah. as well as in music and in artistic ideas. So we, we, it's just how we live, I think. So we just allowed ourselves to just explore something for the afternoon. Yeah. Yeah, and I think we're kind of quite used uh, separately as artists to doing this in our own zones. So we just sort of took that our normal sort of inquiring artistic practice and shoved it together. And and we're both musicians and we're both writers. So yeah. there, there, there you go again, calling me a musician. A musician. Well, somebody who works with music. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> We're both human beings, so it was not too difficult. <laughs> I mean, I, I'm, I'm not, I would, I, you know, I'm not really a musician in the sense that I don't, you know, I can I can kind of find my way around uh, various things for making sounds, which kind of may end up sounding a little bit or musical enough for for my purposes when I when I'm doing my my own work. I guess the other thing for me was that um, I don't usually work in a live way like that. Um, you know, I, I, I tend to build things up gradually over time. Um, and when I work with Philip in Stormbugs, we tend to work remotely and we just kind of share files. He lives in Hastings and I live in London and we kind of move between the two. So, um, uh, you know, digitally, we don't, we don't, we only ever meet up if on the very rare occasions when we actually play live. Um, so to actually record something live, because most of those recordings on the album are probably second takes, I would say most of them are, first or second takes, probably only the second or third time we've actually performed any of the songs. So they're very fresh, you know, they're very immediate. Um, and I don't usually work like that. To me, that's a completely kind of, it was a completely new way of working. So, so I really enjoyed it, you know, it was, it was a chance to try something that I'd never tried before. And, you know, at my age, you don't often get that kind of opportunity. Then <laughs> <laughs> you reach my kind of opportunity. <laughs> I'm probably older than you, right? <laughs> I doubt it. How much do you reckon our combined age is? <laughs> I know when you, okay, June, in your case. I love experience. <laughs> yeah. 
In your case, I think I know what the answer is. I know you. I know Jude. In your case, you're, I know you. Know you like to. I know you for your improvisations a lot, really. So how well, did it, how did it feel? Age. Then? I'll keep it off. Keep it off. Uh, age. <laughs> age is a sensitive topic. Yeah, I like to improvise, but you know, I don't really like free improvisation as much as I do sort of improvising with song and improvising with ideas. Uh, free improvisation where you're supposed to sort of stand there and come out with a sort of incredibly different notes or something new at every point and free your mind in some metaphysical way isn't my personal choice of improvisational style. I, I like to improvise with, yeah, with ideas, songs, and sometimes text. So that, yeah, I do like to do that. It isn't my only practice, but sometimes I use improvisation as a means of writing as well, writing songs rather than just, because if you sit down, well, your process of however you write, informs what comes out at the end so for example if i'm writing on musescore or sibelius you know a, a computer software for a score um, that i tend to write in a it certainly influences what comes out in the end especially because i'm lazy so if the computer just does something i think oh i can't change that that sounds all right um and say if i'm writing with the drum machine or something then that tends to influence what I do although I do sometimes interrupt drum machines with other pedals that stop and start and that's quite a nice thing to do um, especially when you're using old vintage technology so there's different <coughs> that, ways that you write and improvisation is one of them that influence how the song comes out and so that's part mm. of my writing practice that I do sometimes, and I really like it. Cool. Yeah, now, and obviously, I think. Sorry, sorry Stephen, go on. Yes, yeah, so I was just going to say I think that 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 idea of kind of improvising with the, with with text is is probably in that sense is kind of something that we have in common because I because my one of the well actually the first CD that Richard uh, Linear Obsessional um, released of mine uh, was a C CD where all of the songs. Yeah, all of the songs, the lyrics for all of the songs were transcriptions from um, daytime radio or soap opera. Um, it's called Life of Barrymore. Actually, the title track is a transcription of Michael Barrymore's interview with, um, oh God, what's his name? That disgraced daytime, I can't remember his name now. Um, anyway, so I, I basically kind of transcribed this stuff from TV and radio. Um, and turned it into songs. So, so it's a kind of similar process in in, in that sense. That's so, you know, it's, it's find, finding a text and then thinking how how does this become a song? It's funny because I um I mean I I think that was my first work through Richard that I was aware of from you, of of your work, and I really liked this album. It's a really good album, and and a lot of people thought that was a great album too. So yeah, I was aware of you as a good worker in this way, but also I used to. Uh, had parallel with my practice anyway, because um, being a Reuters, I was saying I did the poems about uh, from the Reuters, um, yeah. video, which is taking media and working mm. with it in another form. And I also 
used to, not so much now. Um, now I don't work there. I used to take Reuters stories as well and sing them live. This was, I used to take the quirky, the silliest stories. I used to go and perform them at clubs <laughs> with my, uh, yeah, um, Oh, with my Korg, with my micro Korg or my Alessis and sort of take the stories about animals and artificial limbs and uh, there's some very sort of quirky stories in, in Reuters and I used to perform them live, which was nice for people because like Stephen said earlier, what is can be a song be about? And I think really songs can be about many things, but they often aren't. So in fact it's unusual for them to be about unusual things usually the only time you get songs about unusual things is when they're part of a theatrical production so like a musical and then suddenly you get a song about something quite odd because something odd is happening in the musical and they put it into into a song but generally like mm -hmm. for well uh you know <laughs> popular music yeah you don't really uh, get songs about very many different different things you do sometimes but not not a huge amount <laughs> right okay i want to ask next then i'll say we're, we're going to go start i'm keeping an eye on the time here as well kind of obviously it's going to be the recording is not keeping me in about 10 minutes but um what i want to ask you both to conclude with is obviously have you got any gigs planned for this album do you reckon obviously when we get the virus situation out of the way we haven't got anything planned, but um, I think we would probably quite like to do something. Yeah, I'd love to I do would. I would. You know what? I'd like to take my pump organ out, the captain's pump organ out, and play that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, that worked really well. I'd just take out texts and, and do it just... Um, cool. Cool, pump yeah. Organ. What would you... What mus musical thing are you going to take, Stephen? Are you just going to... Because you've got a great voice, but are you going to bring a musical... Um, element. I don't know. I could I could bring a guitar or something. I don't really have anything apart from that. Um, I mean, I do a lot of work with software and computers, and I wouldn't really want to inflict that on what we do because that would change the nature of it too much. But um, oh, just my just my just my mellifluous tones, <laughs> which Richard Richard describes it as crooning. I I never really thought of myself as a crooner, but but maybe I am. It's you know, crooning is a is a noble singing technique. Well, maybe you could bring out some microcomputer something. I could, yeah, yeah. Uh, necessarily like the whole full laptop and lights and put your yeah your sweater over your head and and stuff and well, yeah. <laughs> like Again, the audience can't see very well. Hang on, guys. I'll tell you what. There, look at this now. Now, yeah. people can't see this actually on audio, on audio, but we're all sat here with hoodies on now, basically. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we also need to. Yeah, maybe not that, oh, but maybe something. The, now, like, Stephen's just put some sunglasses in. I've got sunglasses in the other room, but I'm not going to really forget that. <laughs> oh, I've got none, and I don't care. <laughs> I've got a face mask and all put on, but you won't be able to understand a word of what I'm saying then, so. I've got two big biros I could stick up my nose. Well, that <laughs> Yeah, do that, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I've got a whole load of them. Spoken label art, <laughs> art magazine tonight. I've got one. Why have you got all those? Just for art, just for art, Stephen. I've, I've been told. <laughs> about some pencils. 
drawing through carbon paper. Oh, with... oh one got... I have two. I have two pens now. I just realised that one's got four. So, okay. <laughs> yeah, all in ears, and yeah. <laughs> yeah, this is great radio, isn't it? <laughs> I was laughing. So maybe we should get back to the album. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I've completely, uh, I've completely lost track. What I was talking about? Steve. <laughs> Steve. Now, people know Stephen's got his pencil fighting there at the bottom. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, which is something that avant-garde artists do a lot, isn't it? So yeah. Trying to trying to li line them up with the laptop camera is quite difficult. Exactly the same with the pens as well. Yeah, it's impossible. If the no, listeners could see this, they would be very impressed. Wow! Look at that. <laughs> yeah. Black spot. That's quite good. Um, <laughs> yes, Trumps or Riddle have no plans to play live, but they could have them quite quickly. <laughs> Opportunity arose. <laughs> yeah. You, um, obviously, do you both Maybe we should do a live stream. I've been thinking. I think we, we should with pencils and pens. Yeah, I think you should. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. The pencils doing this, yeah. Oh, like that, yeah. Now, do you both anticipate you'll do a second album in the future, do you reckon, series of Conklin? Is what? Do you both anticipate? you'll do a second album and then in the future. I'm never working with him again. <laughs> no, forget <laughs> it. Forget it. That's it. <laughs> I'm split up like it. It's too I'm much trouble. I'm not wasting another three days of my life <laughs> in a cabin <laughs> with postcards of my granddad and, and Ivan Togonov. <laughs> oh, I don't know. It's the, this is the most productive three days you ever had, I would have thought. <laughs> Yeah. Oh no, I forget. I have to forget you're you're endlessly prolific and always doing stuff, whereas I just do nothing the rest of the time. Well, I think we could do the second album. I, I'd, I'd quite like it personally. I'd, I think it would be okay. I think we waste so much time this time. And I, I think we do have an, at least maybe two or three other albums in us. There's, I mean, there's the the Panto album that we're going to do for Christmas. Yeah, it's got to be done that that will prob um, probably have to be the next. <laughs> yeah, definite. Definite. Record it two days before Christmas and release it the day after. Oh, before, yeah. one thing I want to say actually is um, Wormhole Records, really good. For yes. An album. Oh, and they yes. made a beautiful job of it. I, I'm just thrilled with how it looks. They took a, a prince of mine. <laughs> yeah, but it actually looks really lovely. That Their design is amazing. I really recommend everybody check out this very small Lancashire label that it, I think they're doing really brilliantly. And the best place to find them is on Twitter. I was going to ask you that. Not Wormhole Records, Wormhole yeah. World. I was going to ask you that to conclude, actually. Now you just dropped a memory there. Obviously, like, where did your connection with Wormhole come from? Was that somebody one of you knew already, was it, in there? I'd been asked to do an album for them, and it was in the queue, and it was this April, and I didn't really have anything else in mind, so I said, okay, Stephen, shall we do the Crumpsall Riddle? Well, it wasn't Crumpsall Riddle then. Shall we do our album for Wormhole? Ah, right, yeah, it's fine. Well, no, excellent. Yeah. Excellent. Obviously, now, if people are wondering how they can get hold of your album, Obviously, that'll be on the Wormhole Bandcamp page, won't it? So, yes, yeah. it's it's Wormhole. I'm just looking at it now. It's wormholeworld.bandcamp.com. It's so difficult to say, though. Oh, um, it's it's, it? it's, uh, wormhole. wormhole World on Bandcamp. W 
use. You have to kind of, you don't do a one. Um, just do it like you're doing a, oh, like that. Oh, um, do that again. Wormhole. You just go worm. Worm. Put your mouth in an O shape for a, for a W. <laughs> Wormhole. Right guys, we're out of time here now, so I want to thank you both for tonight. You've kept me massively entertained. I need a quick <laughs> word with both of you off the mic. So what we'll do is we'll count as the end of the program now, but obviously we'll have a quick off word mic, okay? So thank you both for tonight. Thank you, Stephen. Thank you, Julie. You're welcome, thank you. Everybody, check out the album. It's as vastly entertaining as these, these two people are in here today. So well worth your time. So this is Andy N. Signing out. Thank you again, guys. See you all soon. Spockley. Dark, heavy days have come There are your own maladies The infirmities of those you love The cold and gloom of old age Everything you were fond of To which you had attached yourself Irretrievably falls And is gone The path is going down
must withdraw into yourself and live on memories. Memory. Memory. of the concentrated soul the former life accessible to you alone will shine forth in all its fragrance still fresh green in all the love and vigor of spring Thanks again for listening to another session from the Spoken Label. Our full archive can be found over on Bandcamp at Spoken Label, that's one word, Spoken Label, full stop, bandcamp.com. And there is over 150 sessions there. So I'm sure that if you've enjoyed this session, there'll be something else there you can enjoy as well. Take care. Bye-bye. Spoken later.